You may have a secure wallet on your phone, but how secure is your phone? You see, making digital assets secure is one of the milestones that must be conquered if crypto is going to go mainstream. Today, we welcome two guys who are very concerned with this task. Vinny Lingham, founder of Civic, and Steve Sprague, the CEO of Rivets, are teaming up to bring solutions to some very real blockchain problems. We are waist deep in the holiday season now, and crypto miss is drawing near. Are you going to ask John Santafee for Bitcoin? Well, has your crypto been naughty or nice? Joel Kahn and Travis Wright at your service, my friends, for episode number 211 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Domus is drawing near, Mr. Travis Wright. And are you full of turkey? Um, I am. Did you say John Sant- Santa McAfee? What, what, what did you say? John Santa Fee. <laughs> John Santa Fee. Wow. You know, when I think of, you know, Santa Claus, I do think, uh, I don't think of John McAfee. Although when I think of hoes, I do. Well, he, he's not he going to be saying jokes all the time. You know that he's like, he's like, a woman doesn't take money for sex, and I don't trust her. <laughs> like the random stuff he just says on Twitter is just, it's it's why you need to have Twitter just to tune into the random crazy he says. If uh, John isn't saying ho 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 next Christmas, it's because he's getting his ding dong chopped off. He said, ow ow ow. <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. We are the crypto clowns. Joel Com, Travis Wright, duck, duck, going things so you don't have to. Very nice. Very nice. I do agree. You know, this is the season of, of, uh, of giving, right? This is a nice, fun season where we are so thankful. We've had Thanksgiving recently. And, uh, you know, we had Christmas on the way coming up, right? It's that time of year where we're we're grateful for what we have and, and all this great stuff is going on. And this is the time when, when crypto moons, right? When the bull runs happen and just <laughs> like the crypto just cruise to the moon and everybody buys a Lambo for their, for their family for Christmas. And it's just that time of year, guys. I don't think crypto got the memo this year because what? we are definitely on record as having a really, really bad November. But that's okay. Be of good cheer because blockchain soldiers on. And we're happy because our sponsor, Digitex, is launching their commission-free trading platform soon, Travis. That is true. So if you have ever wanted to trade Bitcoin futures or Litecoin futures or Ethereum futures, and there's going to be some other ones down the road, I believe, then uh, you're going to be able to do that with this particular platform. And what's great about it is there are no fees involved. Uh, That's the way that they have built out the tokenomics with their DGTX token. It's one of a kind, very unique. And uh, Joel and I are advisors for this project and have been helping them out along the way. And they are this show's sponsor. And uh, you know what? I'm I'm a big fan. I I think that um, they are engaging their community. They have over 500,000 people signed up for the wait list to get on to the exchange. And uh, the UI looks great from what Joel and I have seen. And um, you know what? We're not making any recommendations, but it's a, it's an interesting project. We've had fun with it. 
badco.in forward slash futures is where you can sign up to join the legion of people eager to get on the wait list and be one of the first people to trade for free. I would like to purchase some Bitcoin pasts. Can you do that? Um, you know, where you're betting on the price order, that it was. You can order some Bitcoin nows. So, yeah. yeah. You can get some Bitcoin nows pretty dang cheap. Yeah, you can get some Bitcoin nows for about $4,500. Uh, mm-hmm. Depending on when you're listening to this, it might be less than that now. <laughs> yeah. Could be $45 now. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. Well, you know, Ronnie Moas, he did say that by the end of, I believe, the end of next year, that it will be at $28,000. I think he met $2,800 by the end of this year, or maybe two, $28 or $28,000. We shall see. Anything can happen in the crypto world. And I think uh, we've got a great interview today with uh, Vinny Lingham and Steve Sprague, these guys from Civic and Rivets. They're partnering up, uh, them and another company called Telefonica. And uh, you're going to learn about what this partnership is all about and um, how blockchain can protect your identity and make sure that your phone is secure and all this good stuff. So let's listen in. Travis, we're often fortunate to have one super smart person on the show alongside us to interview because neither one of us are too super smart. We're just smart. Mm. Speak for yourself, Mr. Joelcom. Uh, you're smart. Occasionally, you say super <laughs> smart things. More often, you're super funny um, and, and really super good looking. So you've got that going for hey, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today, we have two, count them, two superstars, super brilliant people joining us. They uh, are uh, um, successful in their own rights, but they're working together on a project and uh, thrilled to have with us for the second time on Bad Crypto. The first time was just a couple weeks ago. The co-founder and CEO of Civic, Mr. Vinny Lingham. Welcome, Vinny. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's good to have you back. It feels like just yesterday we were on stage with you. You know, it, it, it was just yesterday. It was just yesterday. <laughs> In crypto terms. It, it was right. brilliant. And also we have with us, actually, Travis, since you've met this gentleman face-to-face, why don't you introduce him? Certainly, yeah. So we have Stephen Sprague, who's the CEO of the Rivets Corporation, and uh, they're doing a lot of really amazing things. I had the opportunity uh, to meet Stephen in the Cayman Islands back in October of 2017 when Chris Snook and I, uh, through an event, we had like a block, you know, an evening to discuss blockchain, and Stephen showed up. He had the best questions and best insights, and so it's a pleasure to have him on the show as well. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Excellent. Well, you know, I know our time is limited here today, and I want to jump right in and talk about what you guys are working on together, because uh, you've got your own independent projects, but you have a big dream and vision for blockchain and uh, in mobile, I believe, in particular. So uh, which of you would like to kind of help set the stage here? Oh, I'm I'm happy to start off, if you don't mind. I'm I'm happy to to begin. Go Um, we, we um, Rivets has spent the last uh, year working with um, Telefonica, who are the fourth largest carrier in the world, to explore technical mechanisms to put a um, hardware wallet capability in a standard um, consumer handset. And we've jointly developed a technology we call dual roots of trust, where effectively we're protecting half of the private key within the architecture of the SIM module, the little chip you plug in your phone, and the other half of the private key and really the sort of 
pro business process within what's called the trusted execution environment, which is a isolated capability in the actual core processor of your phone. Um, it's similar to the same space that, for example, Apple does Apple Pay or Samsung does Samsung Pay within the handset. And so that dual root of trust capability is very cool because if the carrier screws up and makes a mistake, you don't lose your keys because you're protected by the device. If the device manufacturers screw up and lose your keys, you're protected by the carrier infrastructure. So it's effectively separating the supply chain and the root of trust for how we provide protection to your private key. And so we're making really strong progress down that path. And, and uh, we've been recently working to, to sign on partners um, within the blockchain space. And, and Vinny and Civic have been the, our first major partner within, within the blockchain ecosystem to come join and, and really bring their entire identity expertise to this project. And, and we think the combination of really great hardware security, the 350 million subscribers that, that Telefonica has, and then world-class identity to help simplify the operations we can offer a safer and simpler future for people in crypto is a great opportunity. So I'll stop there. I'm sure Vinny can add a few pieces. No, it's been great. I think uh, we, Robert has really done a phenomenal work in terms of the groundwork around um, this entire space is, is getting the, the, the trust environment on the hardware side, you know, really locked down. I mean, Civic's been focusing on, you know, one narrow area, just the identity. It's very broad, but it's reasonably narrow in terms of the stack. And I think that the partnership opportunity between the two of us is just very obvious and great. So we're just excited to be working with them and thank them for all the work they've been doing with getting you know a mobile carrier like the likes of Telefonica to to the table. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I, I think that this is uh, this is something that I know Joel and I have chatted about. Also, something I know Snook and I have had great conversations around is the idea of you know we have these smartphones, but how can you segment you know, a part of your phone, you know, a way that way we could actually have a secure wallet on our phones because we have all these devices, we're carrying them around, but everyone tells us to not keep crypto on our phone because it's not safe, it's not secure. And so you guys are creating this dual root of trust, uh, which uses this SIM module. So maybe tell us a little bit about that because I'm, I'm a victim of SIM card jacking, right? Somebody called up T-Mobile. They acted like they were me. They got my phone number switched over to another device. They were trying to get into my Coinbase account. They were not successful, but there's been instances where they've been successful on a whole lot of other people. So how is this dual root of trust and the SIM module that you're creating with Telefonica, how is that going to work to keep folks secure? Yeah, so it's super important. So what we're using is actually the hardware of the SIM to protect the keys. And so when you have, for example, the SIM swapping, what they're doing is calling a customer service department saying, hey, reassociate my phone number, not with this physical chip, but with that physical chip. And so in that context, you could create a denial of service in this area. In other words, you could shut off somebody else's SIM. I mean, you could take their SIM out and hit it with a hammer. That also shuts off their SIM. It's an effective denial of service. Um, in which case, you have backup to your, to your wallet, right? So you always have the case that if, you know, I throw my phone in the swimming pool, I have the same backup type mechanisms that are in the marketplace today. And I think we can dramatically enhance that going forward. But Why would you do that? Consumer why don't throw, throw your phone, phone in the swimming pool. Well, no, but, you know, the number of people who get thrown in the swimming pool with their phone sometimes, that's more complicated, right? 
Oh, that <laughs> happened to my son. That ha- some girl was flirting with him, thought he was she was being all cute, and threw his shoes into the pool, and his his right. phone was in his shoe. So, so, like that was really cute, girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the point is that um, the the SIM swapping infrastructure would have no effect. Actually, this is a mechanism that we could use to reduce the risks associated with SIM swapping. In addition, you have only a portion of the key held within the SIM. So you're not trusting the carrier with your keys. There's no, the carrier has no access to your keys. They're helping you to manage your keys. And in the same way, you don't really want to entirely trust just a single manufacturer. Like today, if you have a Trezor, you trust Trezor, right? Trezor builds the code, puts it in the device, and yes, it's open source and everybody can look at it, make a determination. But um, there are like half a dozen people on the planet who can read the Trezor open source, right? So it's an interesting model to have and leverage multiple hardware components so that we're not reliant on just a single supply chain because humans make mistakes, right? We, you know, we, we discover things like, oops, what did you do? Oh, we didn't realize that was a problem. And, and you don't want to wake up one morning and discover that that problem that affects all your keys. So this is an effective mechanism to kind of, it's, it's two keys in a missile silo, right? You don't want to trust one dude with the keys to the missiles. A lot of people believe, uh, as we do, that adoption is really the key that's going to set off um, crypto is is making it easy for people to use. So how does this, you know, all break down from the consumer level so that it becomes as brain dead easy as swiping your visa? So I think this is the core mission. This is what we get up every morning to solve. A lot of people have given them the analogy like blockchain is like the early Internet, you know. It's growing and it's just going to go through the roof. I actually think that that the analogy that's almost better is blockchains like early multimedia. Today, where we are is like to make it work, you got to plug in a sound card and a video card, and you got to pick your right drivers, and the games only load half the time. And it, it's funky, but it quite cool video games. What you want is it just built in, and so the concept that blockchain capability and crypto is just built in. And so that's what we're shooting towards is how does a hardware device arrive in your hands? You go to the store and you get to pick the one that comes with crypto. And you don't want 10 different schemes. You want a common scheme so that when I take it home, I know it's going to work. And then what are the base services that are installed on every one of those devices? Like, hey, cool. I brought home a device that does crypto. Now here's how I get with Civic a great identity. Or here's an exchange service that it's already tested and is operational with. So it supports the open standards and the open source infrastructure for how different devices, you know, how different services are operated. But fundamentally, devices operate the crypto system or the, you know, I think of it as devices operate chains. The hardware security, the private key protection is absolutely critical in this ecosystem. And so we're trying to bring the models that provide those protections and really we think of the world of blockchain, I'll say it in a slightly weird way, so don't get panicky yet. Blockchain is an entirely centralized system around one thing. And what's that one thing? And that one thing is the owner of the private key. All of the crypto ecosystem gets up every morning to salute one person. And that one person is the owner of the private key. I'm panicking. That, that, that makes me panic. No, it doesn't at all. I think it's a, it's a great definition. 
Stephen, how how is this different because uh, from what one of the things that like Siren Labs is creating, like Siren Labs is working on like a blockchain phone, and I've seen HTC they're working on a blockchain phone, or you know, there's some other people that are working on one. Maybe how does what you're doing? How is that different? Is that with that with the SIM card module? Is that is that what separates the so the SIM the and the trusted execution environment working together? is something that's available generically in all the handsets. So we don't think you should have to go out and completely switch how you expect your phone to work. Do you want to be able to use your Samsung or HTC or LG or ZTE or whatever phone that you're comfortable with that you have brand loyalty to and leverage that? Of course, we'd love to include Apple, but Apple prevents us from playing within their hardware. Um, and so it's hard to make a secure crypto wallet on an iPhone, leveraging the embedded hardware. So we're sort of stuck with only software environment on Apple for the time being. But the hardware security capability, a, a, a as good or better than Trezor or Ledger grade wallet can be built today on, a, on your existing handset as you have it today. Yeah, Apple's at a level right now where they wake up every morning and say, mm, we're the most important you know, thing in our universe and uh, screw, the, screw our users. Yeah, I mean, they prefer that blockchain just goes away because it's kind of an annoying competitor. Right, right, absolutely. So what what I mean, kind of timeline? Everybody in the blockchain space running around with their Apple phones. Understand the number one competitor all of blockchain is Apple. Right? Their mission is to own all the identity, own all the keys, own all the subscribers, and own all the infrastructure, and to have supervision over all the use of all the keys on everyone. And so as long as you're cool with that, while you're using your iPhone to connect with your blockchain, Apple's like, really? So, you know, I... Uh, Crazy how far we've come from the 1984 commercial, you know, that they released uh, because they have made it 1984. They now are Big Brother. There's no avoiding it. And uh, so what, the, what kind of timeline are you guys looking at to be able to roll this technology out? Our, our sort of next major event will show some working solutions um, in first quarter um, at Mobile World Congress, which is a big um, mobile technology show in Barcelona. So we're all very excited about that. And then we hope to have the technology operational in the market available to consumers um, by middle of the year 2019 at scale. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great event to roll that out in. So so that that, that was one of the challenges that I thought about this podcast here. I was like, wait a second, we have we have Stephen Sprague and Vinny Lingham on the call. Like this is like two super smart people. I, this is like two podcasts. So let's get some Vinny up in here. Um, <laughs> how how is the partnership between? Um, rivets and and civic working because civic has the ids how does that tie into the grand scheme of things here with the telefonica project well i mean obviously now that you have the secure element wallet which uh you know the hardware wallet which are steven the guys at that um rivets are busy building once you have that it's a lot easier to secure the your identity information and the civic is both a platform around verifying and and, and creating private keys but how do you store it where do you store it and so yeah. You know, again, if it's right now, we store it on the device. So with Apple, we you know, we forced to put it on the device, and that's how we built the model. But now with rivets going forward for Android, we can now store it within the you know secure enclave that they provide. And so now, so someone can't even remotely hack your phone, put malware in there, etc. It's malware. It's, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. It's largely malware resistant. So so it's really hard to get your personal data off your device. They have to have physical access to it. They have to have the passwords to get in. Um, it's you know, gun to your head scenario always exists. <laughs> You'll do anything to stay alive, but you know, outside of that, it's probably the most secure way of storing personal information. And contrast that to the way it's done today with uh, centralized authorities like credit bureaus that store all your personal information. I think it's a it's a huge leap forward. 
Okay, so you, you know you've shared some of the timeline and where this is going, but the the big question that's still out there is getting this to mass market. So we have mass adoption, and then you know we can Lambo and Moon and all that world changing stuff. When does that happen, and how does that happen? So I think the how is the easier question to answer. If you look back in time, carriers are the ones who brought you dial up modems, followed by DSL, followed by fiber. And you would argue the internet is what it is today, not because they brought you all the web pages, but because they brought you a lot of the infrastructure to help you operate all the web pages. And I think the same thing is true, like in mobile, like some of us can remember those old flip phone based browsers. I mean, those things were brilliant. <laughs> it's like people get this notion. Who's ever going to use a browser on their phone? This is like the stupidest thing ever. And now, of course, we can't live without them. And, and so I think the same thing is true here. I think that we're not interested in carriers running all of blockchain. That's not the goal. We're here to have carriers help us to operate chains. And so if they can find an effective business model where they're part of that, and I think a bunch of that is around backup and recovery and some of the services that they can bring, then all of a sudden we can have literally this carriers are the path to the next billion people on blockchain because they already have the customer relationship. Let's build it in. It's like Bluetooth. I never know I needed Bluetooth and all of a sudden you got a thing sticking out the side of your head, right? It's that kind of model. Blockchain needs to be built in. Yes, it's definitely an exciting time. And that's that's one of the things, it's one of the cautions that I know that a lot of people have even trying to enter the crypto space. It's, it doesn't feel very secure. It's very complicated for some people. All these keys that you have to remember and write down and the different passwords to the different places. And, you know, if you want to send money, you know, it's just, it's hard for people to grasp. It's not as quick and easy like it is just swiping a credit card, Right. And I think that advancements behind the scenes like this is what's going to help move mass adoption forward because people need it to be simple. They need it to be secure. And if it's not simple and secure, then people are going to throw their hands up and not even deal with it. So I think you guys are on the right path with this. And I'm excited to see where you guys where you guys take this because it's something that's definitely needed. Yeah, we just need, in order to get to Bitcoin 50,000, we just need like, I don't know, 300 million customers to each go out and buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> That's it. You know, when, uh, Vinny, when you were on stage for Bad Crypto Live at World Crypticon, you said that we are in the fall and that the winter is still coming and it's going to be longer. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, please? Sure. I mean, if you look at like where everything is, there's no panic. There's no, uh, there's no, the market's like, oh, cool, crypto's going to come back. It's fine. Everything's good. That's a sign of like, you know, to me, the, the, the reality of what needs to happen hasn't, hasn't really stepped in yet. Like the market really has to kind of uh, capitulate, in my opinion, for it actually to come back. There's just too much, like I think Jimmy Song puts it, too much hopium in the air. Um, <laughs> hopium. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and Ronnie does a lot of that, right? Ronnie's like, you know, uses Chinese math. If everyone, if everyone in China bought one of my products, I'd be a billionaire. Like you, his one percent of numbers that he threw out there on stage. That's why I took the bear with him. I was like, well, look, you know, the moment you start throwing out one percent as a, as a, as a guideline for, uh, <laughs> for why things are going to get better, I, I got to take the other side of the bet. Um, I, I, look, I, I think I'm positive long term, obviously, but I think in the short term, there's just a lot of things we have to solve. So use cases is one of them. 
And that's what Rivets and Civic is trying to solve right now. Like, how are people going to use these these blockchain technologies? Why are they going to use it? How do we get in the hands of people who actually, you know, usage is like the key word here. These are the things that I worry about by night. I'm sure Stephen as well. So we're the builders and uh, we're not the traders. And we just think that the traders get ahead of themselves. I want to ask you a question now. So now we now let's say this is kind of for both of you guys. Now let's say, you know, we have blockchain on our phone. We have the, you know, the the dual root of trust on our phone, the SIM module, we're secure. We have our IDs connected to our devices. Is that a moment when then we could, you know, utilize our devices for elections in a transparent way? Because we're seeing right now with the election that just happened last week. Six days ago, it's still not complete because they haven't tallied all the votes and they miraculously find new boxes of votes and, you know, storage units and whatnot. And like, is this is your technology, is that going to enable us in the future to utilize it for things like elections in different countries? That was the that was the that was the the premise behind Civic. We called it Civic because it's just civic duty to vote. Like That was mm-hmm. the original thesis behind what we're doing. We I just yeah, we just uh we want to get to voting one day. We just don't think that it's possible until we solve the identity problem right now, and that's what we're doing. So once you can reliably trust someone's identity, uh, then you can start, you know, digital identity. Then you can start offering services like voting. And there are companies we've partnered with, like Votum, and a few others that are um, uh, are using us already to do the identity layer. And if we don't wind up actually doing identity like ourselves as a company, we just work with partners like Votum. That's fine. But we think that, that that once you can unlock unlock the power of, of having private keys on a device which proves that you are who you say you are, the the number of applications for that are, you know, then I, I, I can't even count how many things you can do. Like buying beers out of a vending machine, what we did as consensus, that's that's it's nice, but come on, like that's that's the typical mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, voting to me is probably one of the most significant things we could do with identity. And there are people who say voting on blockchain could solve, you know, most of our uh, voter fraud issues. And then there are those that say it's, you know, it's still um, prone to human error on the front end. How do you make this thing as secure as possible so that we can have the most reliable participating in hardware security back in 2000 and we thought we were smarter than anybody and we wandered into the how do you solve the hanging chad problem out of florida and and spent an entire afternoon with actually the california um voting commission guys fantastic first off it's in every technology until you actually live inside it you only don't really only understand half the problem by far the best technical solution is a paper ballot counted by machine. And that way, if you ever discover the machine has an error, you can fix the machine and recount the vote as many times as you want. And it turns out that it's... A- but but aren't the machines... Yeah. Unless they start adding... New- Unless they add new boxes of votes. Well, and, and more than that, aren't the machines? I mean, the the machines themselves are manipulable, right? It's it's not it's he who counts the votes, and if the machines are not um, legitimate, then it doesn't matter what the votes are. Well, this is why blockchain is so important because, like, you can't double count. You can't make a mistake. You send tokens to an address as long as each token is registered, and the person who who placed right. the token there can verify the token is the right place. Yeah, there are interesting pieces of you it. You can't have this um, problem. This is it, solvable. It's a blockchain. surprisingly entertaining problem. It's it's fun to get a bunch of people who actually live inside the voting technology problems with it to, to help explain some of their great challenges. It's, uh, I, I don't know, for me, it, it voting is one of the great applications. It's also probably one of the hardest applications. 
that we'll make a lot of progress in a lot of other places before we get to a presidential election. Absolutely. Let's change the world. Uh, Vinny Lingham, Stephen Sprague, thanks both of you for joining us today. We appreciate it. I tell you what, those are some smart dudes. I really, I said that before and I'll say it again. I think each one of them should have their own bad crypto podcast interview. We probably will do that. I think that, you know, chatting with Steve and then chatting with Vinny, they both had such great points that, um, you know, I think we could have had that podcast become an hour, hour and a half just based on the brain power and the knowledge and the insights and opinions that these two guys have. I just want to call him Vinny Bag of Donuts. Well, you can do that. That's okay. I do. I mean, he's not Italian, but I, I oh, hear the name Vinny. Vinny and Vinny Bag of Donuts. Vinny Bag of Donuts. Hey, you know what? The, hey, Mr. Ronnie Moes, crypto is going to go in the can. That's what Vinny Bag of Donuts, you know, he That's says. That's what he Bitcoin. would say. Yeah, well, the, the bet was that, you know, as you alluded to before the interview, Ronnie said Bitcoin was going to be 28,000 by December 31st um, of 2019. And uh, Vinny says, no, it's not. And whichever one of them loses will give $20,000 to the charity of freeross.org. Mm-hmm. What if Ross is already free by the end of 2000? 19 do we not we then they're then they're gonna send me the twenty thousand dollars. oh man that's really good could we split yeah. that no it's mine no i negotiated it you oh, gotta you gotta man. be a better negotiator Dude, Travis. why are you always doing that you're always on the you're joel com negotiator i'll buy you dinner though dude that's really nice can you give me a bag of donuts i can get you a bag of donuts thanks for listening everybody Bad Crypto Podcast available at all the places that your ears can tune in. And we ask that you please do subscribe, follow, and share the show. Tell a friend. Your friend will appreciate it. Uh, if your friend's not mocking you for going, oh, that Bitcoin thing is again. What are you doing that for? Yeah, sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again. If you haven't listened to last uh, the last episode that just came out, episode 210, uh, you can share that one with your friends. That's the one that we would recommend sharing with your friends badco.in forward slash 210 that's episode 210 210 for those uh, of you who like to not be for us to do the countdown but we like to do the countdown because we do a countdown on every single episode so 210 share that with your friend let them listen to the bad cryptos let them understand what blockchain is all about and you know that is probably a good enough gift to give anyone and it doesn't cost you anything so just give them that link and say merry christmas and good luck we love you all so much it hurts we'll catch you next time and until then stay back who's bad the bad crypto podcast is a production of bad crypto llc the content of the show the videos and the website is provided for educational informational and entertainment purposes only it's not intended to be and does not constitute financial investment or trading advice of any kind you shouldn't make any decisions as to finances investing trading or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.